Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. This week is Shark Week on Discovery, which you may wonder, what does that possibly have to do with Orthodox Jews? Now, the truth is that we were looking for an opportunity to talk about sharks, and you also may be wondering why we were doing that. So a few months back, um, there was this viral sensation on TikTok where the Miami Boys Choir um, just blew up. It was kind of like during the high holiday season, um, and it was a really surprising and just wonderful uh, moment where just the larger world was appreciating Jewish music and seeing like how cute and adorable these young Miami boys were. Um, this is a, a Jewish um, group, uh, you know, singing group. So there's one uh, singer that was uh, kind of especially popular in the group named David Herskowitz. And after I interviewed him, um, one of our fans said, well, David's cool, but his wife is even cooler. And I said, you know, do tell, why is that? And he said, because uh, Yakira Herskowitz uh, works with sharks. She is a scientist who works with sharks, um, which was pretty cool and fascinating because, you know, I think in general, there are kind of just typical jobs that you see uh, people doing, Jewish people doing, Orthodox Jewish people doing. Um, and being a shark scientist is definitely not something I ever hear anyone doing um, outside of Jaws. And so we definitely wanted to have Yakira on, and we thought Shark Week was the perfect time to do that. Um, and her exact title is Marine Ecologist um, with a specialty on a conservation and shark. So Yakira, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Allison. I'm really happy to be here. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily cooler or even cooler than my husband, David, but I am grateful for the opportunity to talk about, like you said, something atypical uh, in the Jewish world, at least. Yeah, the po a power couple is what we can call you. So, um, yeah, if you can, um, I guess, get us started with, um, you know, how you grew up Jewishly, um, and then, you know, we'll get into your uh, interest in sharks next. Yeah, sure. So, I grew up kind of classic Orthodox Jewish life. I went to Yeshiva Day School and Yeshiva High School. I went to my middle school was RPRY. I went to Frisch. I did a gap year. I went to seminary at Amit. Um, so all kind of like typical Jewish background. Um, and yeah, the only thing atypical in terms of my Jewish background is what I wanted to study and how how I went about that within my my Jewish bubble. Okay, so um, now get us into, um, did you always know that you were interested in science or the ocean or sharks specifically? Like when, why, how did that come about? So I've loved sharks since I was 11. I went to camp as a kid. I went to Camp Stone and my counselor, Rainy Smith, told me that she liked sharks and I thought she was crazy. But I loved her for everything else, so I thought maybe there's some validity to it. I got home that summer and kind of did a deep dive, no pun intended, into sharks and um, marine research and found that if I wanted to study sharks, then the path is through marine science. So I fell in love with sharks. It's kind of been downhill or uphill, as <laughs> some may say, ever since. So for the last 16 years, I've been shark-driven and worked to study sharks. I went through formal education. So I knew I wanted to study sharks ultimately, and then I wanted to get a master's degree or a graduate degree. And so I got a bachelor's of science in environmental science and policy and wildlife ecology to get a broader understanding, and then proceeded to go for my master's in marine ecology and specifically in shark research and conservation. So it's always been a love of sharks and how to study sharks. It's kind of been a roundabout way. Some people say, oh, marine science and then pick it. 
uh, species for me, it was sharks. How do I get there? What do I do? And and that's the approach I took. So what do you love about sharks? What What is so great about sharks? So sharks are really misunderstood. As you mentioned, Alison, Jaws, like that's a lot of people have the association with sharks starting from the premise of Jaws and then the aftermath. So a lot of the association with sharks, like my initial reaction when my counselor told me she liked sharks was fear and confusion because sharks are made out to be these man eaters and these unpredictable, scary creatures when in actuality, they're so critical for the environment. And they're Although some might not say it, I call them the underdogs of the sea. They're made out to be these bad, like man eaters, as I said, but in actuality, they do so much for the ecosystem. They balance the ocean and everything that we do on land comes from the oxygen and everything through the ocean. So without sharks balancing that, that could be messed up and then we are impacted. So it really came from wanting to root for the underdog which most people wouldn't agree, but I believe are sharks and kind of just going about that route. And I've always liked to do things that helped the underdog or the misunderstood. Um, I also- Do you have a mission to like rebrand sharks? Yeah, in a way, yeah. And But in order to do that, I need to understand them more. So there's so much we know at a base level about sharks, but on a scientific level, we know so little in comparison to- what they do. So I just, I wanted to make a difference and via sharks and show everyone, listen, they're really important. I think it's also premised in tikkun olam is such a big aspect of Judaism to repair the world. And for me, that was through ocean. I've always been connected to nature. It's always been an amazing way for me to connect to religion and to God. In nature, I always find the, the times that I feel the most spiritual is out by the water and nature. And so for me, Tikkun Olam is through helping and saving and spreading awareness about sharks. Well, and also, you know, in, in Genesis and Bereshis, um, you know, um, Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava are kind of tasked with, uh, you know, guarding the world. So, you know, it's not only like repairing, but this is, you know, kind of the, um, the beginning commandment that, um, you know, when man is put here uh, is to, uh, you know, sort of protect the world. I'm also thinking how like we are sort of aligned in a mission, like um, we're both rebranding the underdog, um, us, the Jewish community, you, the exactly. community um, misunderstood. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, is there anything, you know, in particular, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things about sharks, anything um, in terms of, you know, sort of, marveling at uh the the greatness of god's creation anything that you've learned about you know facts about sharks or the ocean that has specifically kind of stopped you in your tracks or made you feel especially you know in awe yeah for sure i mean one aspect is most a lot of sharks we don't know a lot about their reproductive like journey but a lot of shark species will go back to the place in which they were born in order to give birth so it doesn't matter how far away they ventured or where they've gone, they'll return and know how to get there. So the fact that they can navigate through the oceans to get back to where they were born, no matter how far in order to give birth, I thought that was fascinating. Also like chuba. It's like, you know, the the process of returning. Returning of, you know, exactly have our route um as Jews and we may get wayward and lose our way, but uh there's kind of this pentaliid, this spark inside of Jews where um, no matter how far away we get, we can find our way back. 
Look at it. It's so beautiful. Um, and so, okay. So you said you first studied marine biology, but then you told me you're a marine ecologist. So what's the difference? Like kind of what did the schooling look like? Is it a master's? Like kind of take us through the, you know, kind of academic side. Yeah. So um, my technical degree is in marine ecology, but growing up when I first knew I wanted to do this, I, the only term marine science related that I knew of was marine biology. So I thought that's technically the course I wanted to go on, but I knew I wanted to go to graduate school to study sharks. So I wanted to kind of broaden my understanding of the environment for my undergrad degree. So I went to University of Maryland. I got a bachelor's of science in wildlife ecology and uh, wildlife management and environmental science and policy, technically. So it was a mouthful of a degree. Um, and then I just graduated in December with a master's in marine ecology and a focus in shark research and conservation. So for me, eco marine ecology rather than marine biology is looking at the overall ecosystem and how different marine species, specifically for me, sharks, impact that the ecology of the ecosystem, I specifically focus on behavioral studies. So that's um, more of an ecosystem-based approach rather than a biological approach, which is why my degree and what I am is a marine ecologist. So do you jump into the water with sharks? Like what, what does kind of, what does a marine ecologist do, you know, kind of day to day? What types of jobs are available? Yeah. So when I was in my graduate degree at University of Miami doing my master's there, I was out on the water at least once a week. So I didn't jump into the water, but I was on the boat and we actually caught sharks and brought them onto our boat to do some data analysis. We took blood samples, muscle biopsy, different measurements. And so I was interacting with the sharks, but actually out of the water, which is an interesting uh, perspective and method. Um, but it's the most beneficial in terms of actual science and data collection for the species. And so that's what I did. I go out in the water now. I, it's a lot of free diving when I am in the water past uh, internships and job opportunities I've had. It's been a lot of just, you know, snorkeling and holding your breath to interact and see what the sharks do um, rather than like scuba diving. But it's on and around the water. But realistically, it's a lot of computer-based things. So once you go out and you get this research, you see the sharks, whatever it is studying, then it's all the analysis. So the typical like science lab background, depending on what it is. So for me, because I study behavior, I used something called BRUVs, which are beta remote underwater video stations. And they record underwater life in a minimally invasive way. So once I collected all of this data from these videos, I would watch them and analyze different feeding behavior, what they how fish and sharks that were on the video interacted. So other than my favorite part and ideal part would be being in the ocean with the sharks, but just being around them doesn't really do, do the work. So it's where the analysis afterwards and job wise, I mean, there's plenty of things that people can do from field tech work, which is what I always wanted to do and thought I would be doing, which is just being on the water and doing that data collection, um, interacting with people. What we did at my lab was bring groups, participants, a lot, a lot of school groups to go on and see what's happening with the sharks in order to understand better. And that's kind of where my interests fall a lot is interacting with people, kind of showing them, telling them how sharks are important and what they do. And so being around people is more is more my interest with the science world rather than the analysis end. 
Um, so right now it's more like marketing in a way, kind of marketing and re- reframing what sharks have. So we have the same job. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and what about fear? You said that we misunderstand them. So did you have any fear when you've gone into swim with sharks? I call it a healthy amount of fear. I'm I'm cautious and aware when I am in the water. They're wild animals. You can't control them. I everything I do has been in the wild. So there's no guarantee that we were gonna see a shark and there's no guarantee as to how they will behave, but can learn how to best maneuver them. But in in most cases, sharks are more scared of people than we are of them. Um so just knowing and being aware it's a lot of looking around making sure there's no no species sneaking up behind you when you're in the water but just an awareness so that's kind of my like i call it healthy fear is i'm not just going in and saying like oh look sharks are my best friends it's i understand they're wild anything is could potentially happen but in my case i've never had any dangerous life-threatening interactions um, so, I mean, it's a health, I, I call it healthy fear. It's a that they are. Was, yeah, my next question was, did you have anything that was uh, concerning, but so far, so what about when we do hear in the news that, I mean, I just read about like a girl that just graduated from college. She was a track runner and her, her, a shark bit her foot off. Like what, what do you think went wrong there? I mean, cause that, that type of news is terrifying to hear. For sure. I mean, it definitely is unfortunate and it happens and people that get injured or lose their life for it is terrible and that should not be negated but it is more on the rare side in terms of actual shark and human encounters so people are constantly when you're in the ocean you're likely near a shark but you don't necessarily know that but there are certain things that can happen that can cause a shark maybe to attack or to cause injury like you were mentioned you were mentioning um some of those reasons are mistaken identity so sharks they're not necessarily familiar with all things but when humans are splashing in the water that can mimic a dying fish that's splashing so they're coming in and they mistaken identity might be a different prey perceived to be a prey um other times it's curiosity so the way we touch things in order to see we're curious they use their mouths they just happen to have multiple rows of hundreds of teeth so it's just it in my sense of like oh it's just using your hand to touch something but in actuality like that comes out differently because of what sharks are and how they are um but in most cases it's either mistaken identity or uh, misperception. Sometimes it's territoriality. We're in their space. Every time any human enters the ocean, we're entering their home. So that that could be um, an effect. And, and that's what happens. It's unpredictable. Like I said, it's the ocean. We can't control it. Um, but in most cases, the attacks that happen are much more blown up in the media than the non-attacks or the the safe and healthy and even unknown interactions between humans and sharks. And has um, any of the work that you've done, any of your, you know, studying or any internships along the way ever sort of had challenges in terms of your, you know, Jewish needs or observances? So everyone of my internships, which have been, I've done whale shark research in the Maldives, and I've done shark 
research a few stints in Bimini Bahamas and then at University of Miami, everyone is very understanding, but it's definitely different. I've always been some people that I've met in through my programs and courses have said that I'm the first Jew they've ever met and others it's the first Orthodox Jew and what that means. So a lot of these things involve multiple stays, right? So a few nights. So I'm have to bring my own food. I keep kosher. So I'm bringing my own food. I'm eating separately. I'm doing all these things. So it comes with a lot of explanation, but from what I personally encountered, it's a lot of interest and curiosity from uh, my colleagues. And it's never been necessarily something that has put a deterrent like on my capabilities. The only thing is, is kind of in a way missed opportunities. So my lab would go out every Saturday on Shabbat and go out and dive. And I couldn't do that. And I'd always be at after Shabbat, I'd go on my phone, I'd see what they caught that day. I'm like, ah, oh, I missed that species. Or for Shark Week filming, my lab and uh, my colleagues have done a lot of filming for it. Usually those filmings are on Shabbat. So missed opportunity in that sense. But it honestly makes me that much more appreciative of keeping Shabbat, of keeping kosher, of doing it, because that's there's something that I'm losing by if I weren't doing that. So I've I've been very lucky and grateful to have such understanding and open-minded and and amazing, honestly, colleagues and people I've interacted with that if anything, it's a lot of questions. And I've I've personally learned more about Judaism from interacting with my fellow colleagues than I have in Jewish day school because you're not questioning, you're not being questioned the way you are necessarily outside of Jewish day school or your fellow <laughs> Jews, honestly. So now, yeah, when you kind of leave the bubble is when you have to start being able to advocate and explain and uh, and do the rebranding for that as well. Um, I feel like we're talking to a scientist right now, so we have to kind of at least uh, do a little bit of a science and Torah conversation. So um, there's obviously different schools of thought. I mentioned Adam and Eve before, um, but I am a believer of science. Um, so, you know, is that something that you've looked into kind of how to, um, you know, understand both, you know, the the Jewish uh, account of creation versus the, you know, evolution, Big Bang Theory? Like, how do you uh, work together with those two maybe conflicting ideas? Yeah, that's a great question. And one that I get often, um, I've met a lot of colleagues and people in my field that are religious in whatever religion that they may go by, and scientists and others that are are atheists that say, this is, we're scientists, this is it. I personally think that they coincide and they work. I There's not a moment when I'm out in the ocean that I don't say like, look what God has given us. And I think that there's no reason it has to be exclusively you're religious and you believe in God or you're a scientist and there's no evolution. They can work together. I truly think that there's certain aspects in science that like without God creating something initially or something happened, there, there's no way it could have happened. Like it's so beyond what is humanly possible in my case. And I think that they go hand in hand, they work together. You can be Jewish and you can follow science the way there are doctors and other things. That's also, that's, that is science being a doctor in the medical field. So it's just different. My specific course in science is a different way to go about it, but I don't think it undermines it. If, if anything, I see the hand of God greater 
when I'm out there in the water with sharks and seeing how it happens. It's just, it, they go, they work together. And we actually made a science and Torah video years ago with mind Bialik that uh, people can check out where we talk about how, you know, um, the six days of creation, you know, need not be considered literal um, that, you know, the word, um, you know, day is not necessarily 24 hours that the sun was not created until the fourth day. So there's, you know, a bunch of different, um, you know, sort of classical ways that, um, you know, the sort of science and Torah seeming contradiction can be, um, you know, understood side by side. What about, you know, I'm thinking about like, there's been a lot of interest recently with the, this Titanic um, submarine, you know, uh, tragedy that happened. I feel like that sort of put a lot of eyes onto the ocean. Did it, did it, I mean, it's obviously not that we know, we don't know less about the ocean than space because space is infinite and the ocean is not. But I feel like I heard some statistics about like, there's so much of the ocean that is still unmapped or uncharted. Is that something that you're familiar with that I'm talking about that? Like we really don't know much of what's inside of the ocean. Yeah. So I think it's about 75% of our, of earth is, is made up of water. And we know roughly 3% about it. So there is a massive amount we don't know. Um, even from the sharks specific level, like we know that there are over 500 species of sharks, but it is assumed there are a ton more that we just don't know about and we don't know. So there, the, the, the Titan submarine, it definitely, there's positive and negative sides about, listen, it's something focusing on the ocean, but it's not necessarily for me, the parts that want to be looking at, like there's intrinsic value to the creature's that are in the ocean separate from humans interacting with them. So humans went in the submarine to go and see the Titanic, but there's so many other things about the ocean that are also so fascinating, whether humans have interacted or not interacted with them. And I think that's, that's what's critical is, is learning to understand it. We also know that there are about 70 to hundred million sharks killed a year, which is a crazy statistic, but, um, that is a massive number that most people don't know about, but 70 to 100 million sharks are killed a year, most often for their fins. So shark fin soup is a uh, delicacy and it funds and drives a lot of fishing for sharks specifically. And it has led to the depletion of many shark species and shark populations. So we're losing sharks at a rapid rate and that we know about, but we don't know about the necessarily all the benefits of sharks. We know that benefits exist, but at the rate in which they're being killed, we're not learning as much. So I think there's a lot of other, it's easy to focus on those big titles, you know, like it was how much money did those millionaires or billionaires spend on the Titan? You know, that's like what's focused on, but look at all these other things that are are not being focused on, which definitely has an impact on on human life as well. So. Is that one of your goals, like in this field to try to, I guess, stop the killing of so many sharks? Like, is that, you know, would, would you say you have any sort of career goals of where you see yourself or what you hope to accomplish? Yeah, I definitely have career goals. It's that's something I'm very interested in, in. But in doing that, it's more you have to take a step back and do the raising awareness. So I've reached out. I've been reached out to by schools, both Jewish and non-Jewish. And I've done lectures and volunteered and explanations from preschoolers to high schoolers to just like kind of talk about what I do and why I do it. And that I think is the first step in order to stop the killing of sharks. You have to know what sharks are and an actual representation of them other than 
jaws or the blown up media perception. So I think that that really understanding sharks is is the ends to a means of trying to save them and ending the killings of sharks. We need them to balance the oceans in order for us, for our earth to be balanced, for our oxygen to be cycled through, for us to breathe the air we breathe. And I mean, I love, that's why I love to speak to kids. I would love in the future to continue teaching. I, in when I was in high school, there was no marine thing. I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I started a club, the Oceanic Preservation Club. And it had the, was the biggest club at school. I found out it still is running now, 10 years out from graduating. And I think it's an opportunity for people that don't necessarily know what it is, especially in the Jewish world, when, as you mentioned in the beginning, it's not a typical course, that, that it's an option. You can be. The amount of people that told me, well, you're a female, you're a religious Orthodox female, you can't do that. And it kind of that propelled me like, yes, I can. And now all I want to do is show people, look, you can do this, especially within the Jewish community and showing them. So I would love to continue working on, quote, I say marketing, but like kind of hyping up sharks and showing the positivity and progressing in research in order to save them ultimately. What's the balance of like, you know, a place like SeaWorld, which came under fire years ago with a documentary about, you know, sort of cruelty. What's the balance of, you know, um, I guess certain places to get kids and people interested in the ocean versus like animal cruelty? Because Sarabalakayim, another Jewish value that, you know, we're not supposed to torture animals, you know, is another thing that we have to, um, you know, prioritize. So do you have any thoughts about how we both um, sort of increase uh, people's awareness about the importance of the ocean without harming the animals? Yeah, definitely. And that's a great point and, and question. So what I personally do is I'll do a lot of research. I think intrinsically there is value to aquariums and, and zoos even where people, especially kids or anyone of any age can see a species they might not necessarily be able to see in the wild in real life. That is something that brings awareness and is so critical because if you don't know it, it's this foreign, like magical, it could be fake. What is a shark? What is an, a dolphin? But um, I personally do a lot of research into before I would go to an aquarium, I look into what what do they do there? If if they have captive dolphin or animal sh whale shows, I try and not to go unless there is a uh, benefit. So looking into what any facility, what they do, how they do it, a lot of these aquariums have rehab or of like ability to help stranded or uh, injured animals. So there's definitely an importance to them, but there are other things that like Sarval Chaim and, and I, I personally don't go to SeaWorld for that reason, but I do go to other aquariums. So it's just about being aware and knowing what to look for and, and just do some investigation. And then closing words for any uh, youngsters who are listening now that um, want to start a career in something, uh, you know, related to the ocean. Any advice on uh, kind of where to go from that if you're in a similar Jewish position as you? Ask questions and just go for it. No matter what, where you are in life, someone will say you can't do it, but that doesn't mean that you can't. It You can use that to propel yourself and show them, show everyone that you can do it and we have so many options and accessibility to look things up and ask people questions. And just because no one else is doing it around you doesn't mean that you can't do it. There's always room for more. And we'd love to have 
more people in this field, especially Jews, there's so much overlap in Judaism, as we've spoken about Judaism and shark research or marine biology or ecology. And just don't don't listen to people saying, no, it's always an option. And it's really, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out to me or reach out to anyone that you may know that has a, a similar interest. And just if you want to do it, do it. It'll be worth it. Awesome. Love it. Well, love that you uh, kind of forged this path. And, you know, they say you can't be what you don't see. So thanks for uh, being something for, uh, you know, people to see and kind of broaden their uh, their dreams. And uh, we look forward to hearing updates from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for listening. You can catch the same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.